Hello everyone, welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum, where you will hear about car news, car culture, and car talks. Here's your host, Cody Wagner. Hello everyone, I am Cody Wagner, and today I'm going to be talking about the auto show I went to this weekend. One, it was very, very cold. We parked in a new spot, which was about maybe a block or three away from the actual entrance of the building, and I did see an accident happen while I was at the auto show, though I'll get into that later. If you've ever been to Denver's auto show or anything like that, you know there's a sign-up sheet where it's ride, ride and drive or something. They call it something like that. Where it normally is, is in the main lobby where the Blue Bear is. It's around that area. Well, no, they moved it to where the actual cars are that you actually get to drive. Me and Dad were waiting for the people to show up or set up at the other area, not where the cars were, at the main lobby where the Blue Bear is. We were waiting and waiting and waiting, Nothing happened. So, we went in, because the auto show started, and we went on Camp Jeep. And they actually got rid of the really tall hill. That is terrifying, so it was actually quite a tame ride. It was a bit of a shame. But anyway, so after we had done that, because we rode in a... I believe we rode in a Cherokee or a Grand Cherokee. Yeah, it was a Grand Cherokee. So after we did that, we went down and to go do the drive thing so that there wouldn't be any lines. Well, we got back down there... And what we found out is they still hadn't set up. Now, me and Dad were very curious by this because they should have set, they should have been setting up by now, or at least have been done setting up by now. We read a little sign, and it says that they're basically where the cars are. And me and Dad were like, well, how, how's anyone going to read that small sign when they're looking for it? They're just going to look right past it. So we walked all the way there, and sure enough, they were there. In fact, no one was there. Probably because that tiny, dinky little sign didn't. no one was reading. Anyway, we basically got to ride every single vehicle, including the Challenger, which normally has the longest lines. We got to ride every vehicle before a single line showed up. Now, the first car we drove was the Jeep Renegade. And to do a little comparison, we decided, hey, why don't we take the Jeep Renegade and the Fiat 500X to see how they compare. I said to Deb, the 500X is probably going to be less roomy because it, because its roof slopes down, kind of like a Range Rover Evoque. Lo and behold, I was right, but... The interesting thing was, it was after it got past the headrest, the roof completely sloped down. The Renegade in the 500X, interestingly enough, had about the same headroom, just not as practical. Well, the 500X wasn't as practical as the Jeep Renegade was. And it also wasn't as filled with Easter eggs, because that thing, that thing had Easter eggs everywhere. Now I know what Ralph Jill's mean when he said that I had to stop them from going overboard with it, because it, <laughs> it was starting to become overkill. It just wasn't as fun to hide them anymore. But yeah, so we wrote the... Jeep Renegade, the 500X, we rode in a Dodge Durango, a Dodge Dart, a Chrysler 200, and we saved the best for last, we got in a Challenger. But I'll get, now you're probably wondering, well what happened, what was the accident, blah blah blah, I'll get to that in a bit. What I found out was, while the Dart and the 200 are very similar, and while the Dart is big, sorry, while the 200 is bigger than the Dart, it actually has a lot more uh, rear leg room than I thought it was, even though it's basically just an, enlar an enlarged dart, and the interesting seat patterns it has. Another thing is that if you pull the middle seat thing down, you can poke, well, you can look back into the trunk. I knew you could do this in the dart. I believe you can do this in the, well, now dead Avenger. I didn't know you could do it in the 200. The interesting thing, though, is all the other vehicles I couldn't. All the other, well, yeah, all the other vehicles I couldn't. I was, I was slightly surprised by this, because I, was, I would have thought, well, at the same time, 
not all of the cars we rode in were necessarily cars. There, some of them were sports cars, some of them were SUVs, and that sort of thing. But I was still surprised to see that you couldn't do that very same thing. So yeah, we rode the 200, Dart, Durango, Renegade, 500X, and then the Challenger, and then the 200, if I haven't already said that. Now, actually, while we were doing the 200, didn't test drive thing, I saw a white Lamborghini Huracan right as we were about to turn in to basically give the car back to them. So I looked over to the side because I saw a bright white car with black wheels on it, and I saw the corner of my vision and I thought, what was that? Or what is that? So I looked over, it's a white Lamborghini Huracan. And I, and I was like, what the mess? Why, why is that here? Because you can't test drive it, and frankly, Lamborghini's only two seats, so we wouldn't be able to test drive it anyway. But I look over and I'm like, what is that doing here? That You can't test drive that. Well, I don't know what it was doing there, but interestingly, it turned right onto the street where we were crossing over. Because we were we were supposed to cross over on an intersection to get where we needed to go. And, lo and behold, he turned left. And so, as we were going, out after we stopped turning right anyway, once we were on the straight, he changed down quickly. And the noise, the short burst of anger was beautiful. It was awesome. And then what I figure out is he turns left again, right into the... We were actually under the building where all the cars were. Well, when I say under the building, it was kind of like a tunnel. So he turns left again. And, I, and I'm and i seriously wondering, I'm like, what is he doing here? You can't test drive that. And we were right. You can't test drive that. And it was slightly it was slightly modified. It didn't have stock rims. But anyway, and I just kept wondering, what is he doing? I was just totally befuddled. I just didn't understand why there was a Lamborghini Huracan, basically where all the other cars were. Funny thing is, once you turn left, there's basically an immediate speed bump. And I just saw the speed bump, I'm like, oh gosh, we're gonna be here for like the next hour with him trying to get over the speed bump. No, he actually did, and he didn't, he didn't even have to go in at a wonky angle, he actually did it, basically, oops, sorry, basically head on, and I was, and I was actually pretty impressed that he actually did it. So he pulls over into a parking spot for one of the ride and drive vehicles, which you can't do, and so once we pulled over, he pu he pulled out, and then someone came out to tell him that you can't park here, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know what happened after that, but I don't know what he was doing there, but that was perfect timing. Absolutely perfect timing. And I have to say that the 200 was, was very, very fast. Very fast indeed. And it actually, while it does have a 3.6 liter V6, I couldn't actually tell much of a difference between the darts engine noise and the 200. So after we did all the test driving, we went back up to go look around, you know, do what you do at an auto show, look in, get in, do all that sort of thing with vehicles. And Ford had what was basically R-Factor on a gyroscopic racing simulator. How do I know it was R-Factor? If anyone's ever played R-Factor and haven't modded it, you'll know what the uh, what the tachometer looks like. It's not weird, but it's, well, it looks old. And you'll know what the tachometer looks like. Well, it looked exactly like that, and the game looked exactly like R-Factor. So it was our factor. And so I initially, when my dad asked me, hey, did you want to do it? I said no, because normally when stuff like that happens, normally I'm too, uh, too short to actually be able to do it. But seeing as the line was short, and he asked me again, I decided, hey, what's the worst that could happen? Well, I was, I was actually tall enough, and I actually got to ride it, and it was awesome. So I rode, or well, sorry, drove on the racing simulator, and I got something like third place or so. I didn't... I didn't go full-on attack mode or anything, but I like a 1 minute 34. It was a Nürburgring GP short circuit, I think, so I think I did pretty good. I had a little off at the chicane before the V-shaped corner because I was expecting it to be... It was a very sharp corner, and I didn't break as much as I thought I needed to, and I went off. 
I think if I hadn't done that, I might have gotten maybe a 130-something. Those four sec those four seconds in the grass are, well, gravel really killed, killed my lap. But it was good. Well, there was one other thing that was disappointing about that. Oh, oh, oh. Before we went back into the auto show, we got in the Challenger. That was the last car we were going to ride in. We got in the Challenger, and it's actually very roomy for a coupe. So we got in the Challenger, we drove... Until we got to the same intersection we were at with the Charger. So, while we're sitting there, I see a dark, well, we all see it anyway, a dark gray 2011 lower to base model Kia Sorento turn left. He basically did, well, my dad thinks he did an illegal left turn as he passed a tour bus. And so, as he was in the middle of making his turn, a 2001 four-door Ford Focus base model it was the base model because the rims were very small indeed but basically the kia did it in a legal left turn and the ford the focus it wasn't a hatch and he basically came and right as the kia was in the middle of his turn the kia stopped and the ford t-boned at low speed he t-boned the kia and me and dad just saw just saw what was basically the almost the end of it we didn't see the crash end but we saw before the ford focus crashed we saw right between like the last two seconds of him not having that accident. He crashed, hit the side of the Kia, and then they basically pulled off to probably exchange numbers or whatever. I was looking and I genuinely couldn't see any damage that had been done to that Kia. I didn't see any dent or anything. And while it was a low speed crash, it wasn't low speed enough to not have had an effect on the Kia, but I couldn't see one. So good you know, good thing for the Kia and Ford driver at that. And then the tour bus the tour bus turned left probably to exchange his number or whatever. But as he did so, he was turning left, and then he turned left, or well, he continued to turn left, and he almost blocked the entire road. So there was basically one lane left to pass him on, and it was it was it was slightly tight at that. It was a low speed accident, but it was the first time I ever witnessed an accident. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed um, this bit of the podcast, and we'll take a little break, and I'll see you later. Okay, and we are back from the break. Now, what I was talking about about the camp jeep thing that you can ride on and about how the hill was taken away well self-explanatory the hill was taken away which basically meant that the ride that you had was much tamer than it was with the hill because frankly you weren't you wouldn't be squealing about going over a slight incline whereas going over a small mountain now they did have they had the pole things, and well, it's funny though, they didn't have the um, the steep side incline where you go on two wheels. They had they had something fairly similar, but it just it just wasn't the same. It wasn't the same terrifying experience that you had with the small mountain in a building. Maserati was there, Aston was there, and even Jag was there. What was better about that is they brought the F pace. That's right, they brought the new F pace, their SUV. Now I actually got in it. And it looks nice, it's not that cramped. In the back seat, you can actually pretty much fit three people in it. It did look very nice, but I kind of have to say it didn't. Okay, they also had the new Volvo XC90 there, and I have to say, I think the Volvo had a better interior. I think it just had nicer materials than the Jag did. Which, in a sense, would kind of make sense, because Volvo doesn't make performance... Well, they do make performance cars, and performance versions of their cars, but the XC90 just hasn't gotten that yet. So, in other words, that kind of makes sense that Volvo basically just make luxury cars in different tiers of luxury cars, whereas the F-Pace that I was in was the S model, so, and it might not have been fully optioned, so yeah, but the Jag, it, it was, 
It looked really good. It had a nice blue, and they had the Jaguar XE and the new refreshed XJ. I didn't get in either of those, but I have to say their exteriors look really nice. They look really, really well done. Now, Audi was there with the new TT and the R8, and I must say, I'm surprised Tony Stark doesn't drive the new R8 instead, because it looks more... The new R8 actually does look like something Iron Man would drive. It does look like his suit in car form. They didn't have it in red while I was there, they had it in gray, and to be honest, I could see Iron Man driving that more so than a red R8. Now, they had the new TT, which before I said it, you know, it's nice to see that the TT now looks like its own car, now like it's just a shrunken R8. Seeing it in the flesh, though, it does look like a shrunken R8, even though the new TT came out first. Subaru was also there, unsurprisingly, and they had their hatchback concept that's supposed to have foreshadowed what the new Impreza will look like. And I, and I have to be honest, I didn't like the Subaru hatchback already, just from seeing the pictures online. Seeing it in real life, though, I don't, I still don't like it. I think it's just there's too much bulk in its face. It's not. I need to explain something, right here and right now. I prefer organic designs to linear ones, and that's why I prefer the Gen 5's Viper design to the C7 Corvette's design. But, to me, the problem with the Subaru, it's not that it was too organic, because frankly it had really smooth lines, but it was too bland, it was too... The front end was too blunt, it wasn't curvy enough, it wasn't edgy enough, it just looked so flat. It kind of looked like if you were to squish a panda's face. Or, or squish any sort of chubby face. That's what it kind of looked like to me. It just didn't... I didn't like it because it was just too chubby for me. It wasn't lean enough. And as I said, I prefer organic designs to linear ones. But even... You gotta have some linearity with, within your design. Otherwise, it just looks all... It just looks bland and boring. Yeah, so I really didn't like it that much. I personally thought it was, it was too blunt. It was too... There wasn't many curves, there weren't many sharp edges or anything. It wasn't linear enough for me, and that, to me, is a real shame. Now, Acura was there, and actually, aside from Acura, which I don't think I went in the Acura booth, which is a shame, I really should have to see if they had the NSX. I saw Scion were there, and I was surprised, because Scion, because as we all know, apparently Scion's supposed to be dying, and that doesn't fully surprise me. Well, what was funny is, uh, I don't think I saw the, the Scion FRS there. I saw the Subaru BRZ. I saw that, but I don't think I saw, I don't remember seeing the FRS. Oh, and by the way, that's now supposed to be called the Toyota A6 once it gets moved over to Toyota. I also went to Mitsubishi's booth, and they had two Evos there. I know, kind of pointless when they killed the Evo! <laughs> no, I'm not really crying. Yeah, so they had the Pikes Peak Pace car there, which I found really interesting. It looked like a proper rally car. I, I actually got in a Evo. Well, one that wasn't the pace car. And I got in, and you can do, well, yeah, you can basically do this with every manual car that's there. That's for sure the way you press the clutch and you can change, you know, you can change gears and whatever. And so I tried that, and what I found out is I couldn't tell what gear of that. I was, what I assume was neutral from, what, from when it was last moved, I couldn't find first. I just couldn't do it. I tried moving left and nothing happened. And so I might have been in... I might have gotten into first and second the whole time, thinking I was in third and fourth. And you're probably wondering, well, what did you learn? What I learned is it has a really, real it, it has a really small transmission. I just couldn't, I just couldn't figure it out, honestly. So yeah, they also had BMW and E46, a BMW M3 race car, and my gosh, it looked beautiful. 
In fact, I actually got one photo of it on my Nintendo DS. And if you know of a site called Car Throttle, um, my username is Dodge Viper ACR16 or something along the lines of that. And either today when this will be finished, or tomorrow I'm gonna upload all the pics of the auto show. Alpha Mail wasn't there, even though they were supposed to be, which is really disappointing because even last year they had it. They had a 4C. Now I was kind of, I was kind of hoping to see the Julia because I've, I've seen it online and I like the looks of it, but I, I'm really curious to see how that looks in the flesh. But I think if I'm gonna want to see it in real life, I'm gonna have to. In other words, make more money and then try and go to a proper auto show because, in all honesty, Denver's auto show, it's brilliant and it's frankly, I'm glad I get to go to it. But at the same time, it's not like Detroit or New York or... In other words, Denver Auto Show is not one for reveals. No one reveals any of their new cars at Denver. And that's a real shame. And so what that means is sometimes, for what I've noticed... I mean, this is true for every auto show. Not every new car is going to be there. But what I've noticed is that, like, you know, two or three new cars that were revealed, like, within the last two months or three months even, they never make it. Good example. I was expecting... And I was I was genuinely heartbroken by this because I sat I sat in the Viper last year, so I was expecting to see the ACR this year. When I got that, I kept looking. Well, when I finally got to the FCA booth, trying for me trying to save FCA for last. When I got there, it wasn't there. I mean, they had they had the Challenger, the 707 horsepower Challenger on the plaque like they did last year, but there was no Viper, and I was genuinely heartbroken because I was like, well, what what? What the juice is wrong with you guys? You have the ACR. Get people interested. Nothing. There was not... The ACR wasn't there. No Viper was there. Absolutely not. I mean, they did have the Pacifica at, you know, on a plaque. And that that did help. That that lowered my disappointment. Because at least I got to see the Pacifica. That that was one vehicle I really wanted to see. And it looked... I, I have got to say it looks beautiful in real life. I mean, I you know, I've probably said this already. But hats off to, to Ralph Jill's Ralph team. In FCA, I'm telling you that that really is a beautiful minivan. But like I said, as I was genuinely heartbroken that I wasn't there, and I was like, well, "How can it not be here? It's got, you know, it's gotta be here, especially with the ACR breaking 13 track records." But to be fair, they shortened the uh, convention center a bit, which I found slightly annoying. Nissan were there, of course, and you know what? They didn't have the GTR, and I was really surprised because I think it was there last year. Well, I was really surprised that GTR wasn't there. They had a 370Z Nismo there, but I was surprised that they didn't have a GTR there. And to be fair, the GTR is not new, and they haven't really done much with it, so that kind of makes sense. And I know some of you will be like, well, it's the same thing with the Viper. They haven't done much for 2016. Well, to be fair, the last auto, the well, 2015's Denver Auto Show with the Viper, they didn't have the one-of-one program nor the ACR. And here we go. We have the one-of-one, and now we have the ACR. So that this would have been a very... This would have been the perfect time to roll it out. Now, we'll get into the last bit of the auto show. For now, we're going to take a small break, and I'll see you all then. And we are back from our second short break. Now, Subaru was there, like I said before, with their ugly hatchback concept, but they were also there with the Subaru WRX STI. Now, sadly, I didn't get any pics of that. But, you'll be happy to know, it was in the correct blue with gold alloys, and it had the giant spoiler on it as well. Honestly, you'd think from seeing the ACR spoiler, you'd think any other spoiler would be small, but for what the Impreza is, it really isn't. So, Lincoln was there also, and interestingly, they had the Continental Concept. They also had the MKZ, and I, mu I mistook that for the Continental, because the front end is quite 
identical. But yeah, the MKZ actually kind of looks the same length, if not slightly longer. That's it. The, the Continental looked good, if anything, a little bit safe. It was a little bit, like I said, it looked good, but it was straight lines everywhere. Very contemporary. I would have, I would have hoped for something a bit more extravagant, but. So Cadillac were there, they had the CT6, and my gosh, that is really their version of the S-Class. It's huge! Easily. Some 15 feet long or so. Just massive. They had, there's actually a CTSV there, not at the Cadillac booth. They had, there were some aftermarket companies there, and they had wrapped a CTSV, a new one. I don't really like GM, but I have to say that that one looked good. Then, Mercedes had, well, they had the AMG GTS, they had the S-Class, they had the new C-Class Coupe. Somewhere else, which wasn't in their booth, they had the, whatever their commercial van is called, but it was there in the flesh, and it actually didn't look too bad. They had wrapped that as well, which I got one picture of. And then, there was a Shelby Cobra there. Now that, in all honesty, is actually not too surprising. I would, I'd honestly expect something like that to be there, but it looked good. And then, there was a Koenigsegg, or Koenigsegg, CCXR. Now, honestly, I mean, it was very, very cool to see it there. It was just awesome, but I don't know. It seemed, it didn't seem as cool as I would have imagined it would be. But to be fair, it was in black, so you really couldn't see a lot of the details. I got a few photos of that. I'll tell you what, it looked really good. And then, there were two, two modified Corvettes, a C6 and a C7. The C7, like I said, I don't really like the C7's design, but with it being modified, it did look pretty good. And then, you had... A completely green C6 Corvette. In fact, I should say C6 because it was. I didn't. I don't like C6. I really don't like the C6's design. That green was a new level of terrible. It was. It was horrible. Also, Mini were there with a small mini wagon. I got one photo of that. Looked really good. It was in a sort of like pinkish red. It was well purplish red, I should say. And then they had the Clubman and a few others. And then there was a Con Land Rover Defender. And not con, like, I'm gonna con you out of this deal, but like, but C, or sorry, K-H-N, con, it was one of con's modified Land Rovers, and it looked really good, I liked it. It was completely blacked out, had the aftermarket wheels, stuff like that, and then I believe Land Rover were there. I don't, I don't think, yeah, we didn't go to Land Rovers particularly, but they might have been there. Then Chevy had... Chevy had a C6, the Le Mans sticker package edition thing, and then they had a probably optioned up red convertible C7, excuse me, and then they had a regular C7, and they actually had the new Camaro there, and aside from them having it on the plaque, you could actually sit in it. I didn't, too busy, but I like the looks of it in real life, I think it, a lot of people don't like it because they're saying it's too sports car like, but I like it because I think, I like the rear window, I like the roof line, it reminds me a little bit of the Capri, and that's why I like it, is it's sort of a more, more gentlemanly version of the Camaro. It's less brash, it's a bit smarter, I like it. So yeah, they had that there. Uh, I think it looks pretty good. And they had the SS one there as well. And my dad, my dad and me had a very interesting conversation, and he was saying something about, you know, what was the point of getting the C7 if you could get the Camaro, which would have about the same amount of power for less. And what I was saying to him, to, to get the same amount of power, it would cost about the same as the base price Corvette. But to be fair, the Camaro, from some video, has a bit more horsepower. And, and I was saying to him that the Corvette would easily outright win on a track. But then I realized the Corvette is only 200 pounds lighter than the Camaro is. And when you think about it, the new Camaro is built from things on 
from 2015 or 2016. It's But it's built from technology of that era. While 2014 is that same era, at the same time, that was the beginning. To, you know, 2016 is like five... In terms of evolution, in terms of how... Or, sorry, in terms of advancement, in terms of how well that technology has advanced, the Camaro's technologies are easily four or five years ahead of what the Corvette has in some areas. But yeah, so that at that point I realized that it'd actually be a really close battle. Would you get, you know, would you either get the Camaro, which would which you'd have to get an SS to get the V8, which would cost the same as a Corvette, or just get a Corvette which which comes with the same engine that an SS Camaro has, but with less practicality and probably less comfort. And that's what I realized is it would actually be a very close battle because 200 pounds, while yes is a lot, at the same time almost isn't. It's sort of like this. If you took a Jag F-Type and you took a Viper, okay, let's say you took a Viper with 3,200 pounds, okay, but all in, and then you took a Jag F-Type with 3,400 pounds, and that would be slightly stripped. At that point, you'd have to say, oh, well, that's not a lot. Well, that's a different circumstance, since the Viper has a bigger engine, it's lighter, probably has a lower center of gravity, you know, and all that. And so when you think of it like that, it's not, it, it would be a massive difference, especially because how much more expensive the Viper is. And because it's more expensive, you get better brakes, suspension, blah, 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 all that sort of thing. And so in that circumstance, it would be a big difference. But with the Corvette and the Camaro, the brakes are probably similar. Steering may, you know, maybe not so much, but probably is on the same system. And that sort of thing, the engine is the same. You know, brakes, like I said, are probably the same. Steering might be similar, if not almost the same. And then suspension tuning won't be. In that case, I would think that it would be really close. And then, and then you have to take in the Mustang to account, but to be fair, that got heavier since the last iteration of the Mustang. I'd really be curious to see how that would play out. More, more specifically between the Camaro and the Corvette, not so much the Mustang. Chevy was there, they had Sonics and whatnot. I believe they had a Volt there. Cadillac was there, like I said. Lincoln was there with a the Navigator. Ford, they had the Focus RS. And I was so excited to see that car, but that is the dawn of a new era. And you're probably wondering what I mean by that. Well, what I mean by that is the last Focus RS, the RS300, that didn't come to America. The fact that we can now have a Focus RS in America, to me, is just the dawn of a new era. That, you know, maybe in the near future, more European cars will be coming to America, and that, to me, is just brilliant. And that, that and I, I'm, I bet you, your, people in Europe right now have said the same thing about the Mustang, is that the Mustang... Now that the new Mustang is over in Europe, that's also the dawn of a new era, given that now maybe more American cars will come over to Europe, or go across the pond, as they say. So what's funny is that both these vehicles are the dawn of a new era, because the Focus means we'll get, we'll, we may get more European cars, and for the Ford, for the Mustang, it's vice versa. That could be really interesting to see how that works out. And I'll give you an example of how big this really is. People in Europe have a thing called the Nissan Micra. That's basically their version of a Fiat 500, just probably a bit more practical. They have Nissan Micras in Canada. They, we don't have them here, which is which I don't get why they can have them in Canada and why they can have them here. But anyway, so it and that's what I mean by it's the dawn of a new era because it's because it, if even Canada and it, no discredit, you know, I'm not trying to you know talk down to Canada or anything, but Canada is literally just a country above us and they're not that much different from america i mean except for freedom and things you can't do but in terms of cars that are sold over there and whatnot you know canada and america might as well be identical 
in that sense. And so the fact that they can get cars that even we can't get, that's why this is actually really big. Especially with, you know, maybe diesel Audis and, you know, and more diesel cars. Even though with Volkswagen's diesel gate scandal, I really don't think that'll be the case. Highlights of the auto show. Ford Focus RS. Chevrolet Camaro, because I really didn't, I wasn't expecting to see that there. Uh, Chrysler Pacifica. Shelby Cobra. Mm, not so much Mitsubishi. Probably a highlight of the show. Well, one more highlight. Probably getting the ride in the Renegade. Because I really think that's a brilliant little car. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast, and I'll see you all in the next one. You have just listened to Cody's Car Conundrum. Be sure to join us every Sunday. You can subscribe to Cody's YouTube channel at www.youtube.com slash C slash ViperForLifeACR. Be sure to get Cody's books on Amazon at www.amazon.com slash Cody dash Wagner slash E slash capital B zero one nine capital K capital X seven two capital Z eight. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Be sure to follow Cody here so you don't miss any episodes. Bye until next time.